Good morning, everybody. Friday, 19th of May, and Henry and I are fresh from the Melbourne Members Meet last night in South Yarra. A roaring success as 50 people with archived prices on their newsletter drank $3,000 worth of my money. That's my retirement you're drinking. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast. General advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Yes, good to see everybody last night. Some of you all the way from Coffs Harbour, Brisbane. And a shout out to Arian, my 10-year-old fan, listens to me with his dad in the car on the way home. Some advice, Arian, be good to your dad, but be better to your mum. Right, a pretty good day today in the market. We have been up, that's two good days on the trot. We're up 38 points at the moment. Sorry, 31 points at the moment, having been up 38 at best. And the story is good for Marcus Today members because it is all to do with Infotech, the best sector today, up 2.2%. That, of course, is to do with Zero, which had good results yesterday. Jumped 13%, up another 5% today. I've considered Zero as a stock to buy in the ideas portfolio after the results popped the price, and they're in an uptrend anyway. And good results de-risk a stock for the next three to six months, and generally when a stock spikes, it does set the trend, but I can't chase a stock that has an intrinsic value of $16 when the share price is $107. And I can't chase a stock on a PE of 110, no dividend and almost no earnings. But everybody knows this story. The brokers can't find themselves to fundamentally buy zero. The average broker target price is... 1.7% above the current share price. One broker has a target price 37% below the current share price. Morgan's downgraded after the share price bounce yesterday. They've got a target price 5% below the current share price. So nobody can buy into this rally. So all you're really buying at the moment is momentum. It's FOMO and it is now significantly overbought on the charts. An RSI of over 80 just can't buy it, I'm afraid. Sorry, average broker target price 3.6% below the current share price. The interesting part about zero, of course, is it does have $1.7 billion worth of revenue and it is in a land grab with no earnings, similar to or a la Afterpay, building market share, spending money hand over fist, reporting no earnings, but revenue is growing at around 17, 18% per annum. And at some point, the management could simply turn off all the marketing, start reporting profits, and the fundamentals would be transformed. And there is a suggestion after costs at zero drop from 80%, 75% in the results yesterday that they are beginning that process. Anyway, good luck chasing a stock that's up 18% in two days. I think we'll probably get a better crack at it at some point. And it really is impossible to justify buying it on the numbers in front of us at the moment. Good luck to anybody who holds it. If you did hold it, I wouldn't be necessarily selling it. It's got too much momentum at the moment, but can't get involved now. You can't win all the time. But we are winning at the moment. We have bought, as you know, in the strategy portfolio, and a number of the members last night have obviously joined me in the FANG trade we did last week. And have a look at the FANG chart 
as well as the the Nasdaq chart, the HNDQ ETF we hold over the Nasdaq. Both those charts are in the strategy section or my section today, and they are absolutely flying. We have been sitting around in an S&P 500 ETF for the past six months or so in the strategy portfolio, and we're up 7.7%. We've been sitting in the FANG ETF for two weeks. We're up 11.8%, but more exciting, or perhaps a little less exciting, but just as exciting, the HNDQ NASDAQ ETF is now up 14.4% since we bought it. When you consider that most of our members, if I could guarantee a 10% return to Australian investors, they would hand me billions, billions if I could guarantee a 10% return. And here we are in this strategy portfolio with ETFs up 11.8%, 14 7.7 and 103 all in around six months. So we have to be reasonably happy with that. And we really have caught this big tech recovery in the last couple of weeks or so. Fabulous stuff. I would just point out the same point I made last, made yesterday, which was these, I I need to put a table together with all the ratios for the FANG stocks. But things like Microsoft are trading on 10 times sales. It is uh, the average price to sales ratio is five, six times in big tech. Microsoft's currently on 10 times. So it's anticipating a significant pickup in revenue. So let's not fall in love. 9.6 times sales is not normal. Let's not worry about it though, whilst the momentum is this strong. But I do feel we're punching the air in delight a little bit. And you know what that means. Something will come along to bite us, no doubt. But basking in success at the moment in our strategy portfolio. In our one-stock portfolios in BHP, I'm still in cash. There were some members yesterday suggesting that we started to buy... But have a look at the chart of BHP and the iron ore price. They're going nowhere. And also, I've pulled out from my friend Angus Geddes writes a fabulous strategy piece for fat profits every day. Uh, And he has picked up on the Chinese renminbi versus the US dollar. It had a really good rally in that reopening trade at the end of last year with the Chinese economy. A currency reflects an economy and it has since tailed off in the last few days has tailed off significantly. Clearly the currency markets are not optimistic about the Chinese economic outlook. So that currency falling away and that's a a not very good backdrop for BHP plus the iron ore price going down again, not buying BHP yet. I've put the broker stuff on BHP in the newsletter. It's a little bit out of date, it's got to be said. But Macquarie yesterday, day before yesterday, incorporated OZL assets into their forecast, ended up upgrading a little bit, but didn't change their target price or recommendation. Just doesn't have momentum at the moment. So not buying BHP and Macquarie. Okay, so the regional banking crisis is settling down in the US. The debt ceiling deal is close to being resolved, which I have to say, I see as more of a negative being resolved being removed rather than a positive reason to buy Macquarie. But looks like we could get a debt ceiling deal by next week. The PE on Macquarie is below its 10-year average now. Have a look at the chart in my section, but I'm not buying it yet. Have a look at the technical picture. It is not saying buy. We need a break and, and Macquarie needs to shake off the downgrade cycle negativity since the recent results. 
and that'll take some doing. We also need a rising market, it has to be said. It's a stock market stock. The reason for picking Macquarie was not so that we could trade it very short-term lots and lots of times. It's so that we could trade it for the big, obvious pivot points, and there just isn't one there at the moment. So I'm afraid not in Macquarie. Somebody did make the suggestion that we pick on Woodside as a one-stock portfolio. Woodside, of course, is highly correlated to the oil price, which is highly correlated to energy prices. So it's highly correlated to energy prices almost on a daily basis. It got a bit hyped up with the deal to buy BHP's assets, but it might be a nice one-stock portfolio stock to basically trade the oil price. I'm not adding that in yet. In the ideas portfolio, still no ideas. Henry is keen on TWE Treasury Wine Estates. You might have noticed the China Thor Albanese asked to go over to Beijing as soon as possible. And he points out the political optics of Biden cancelling his visit to Australia and then China inviting Australia to come to Beijing. It's a sort of thumb your nose at Biden sort of move. Anyway, the China Thor trade is Australian relationships with China improving. Well done, that foreign minister. And TWE is an obvious one. I have put in Henry's section a table showing how much they earn from which country. China used to be everything to Treasury Wine Estates. But at the moment, 42% of their revenues from the US, 40% from Australia, 14% from the UK, which leaves around 4% coming from the rest of the world, which includes China. In other words, China's pretty irrelevant. I'm not sure China's going to turn things on for Treasury Wine Estates. Share price is up 0.4 of a percent today, so nobody's too impressed, clearly. So I am not buying TWE as an idea, although I get what Henry's saying. And And the stock is oversold at the moment. It's a good base for a rally if it was going to rally. It's not flashing value 25 times at the moment. It's got a 3.9% yield, including franking, so some fundamental support, some sign of it improving on the chart. But even if it recovered its old high, it's going up less than 10%, so not excited about it. Slow burn, maybe. And that's about it from me. Bit under the thumb, uh, under the thumb, (laughs) always under the thumb, bit under the pump today. Henry's take, Henry's on the move today, flying, but he wrote up Magmatic yesterday, MAG, it jumped 12%. His write-up made its way onto Hot Copy where the Harmy, Henry's Army, lives. And they pumped the price up yesterday. It is unchanged today. I think they realized it's a bit frothy. Henry's done rather well from that resources conference. He, he came away and he wrote up Latin Resources and MAG, and both of them have popped since he wrote them up. The Harmy at work, perhaps. He also talks today about 4DX and their options, talks about the lithium market, and he writes up Treasury Wine Estates. I have started doing the technical signals section myself. We had a bit of a software glitch earlier this week. So you might pay a bit of attention to that. It's a great routine in the morning to be going through technical signals. It gives you a good feel for what the market's doing. And I pick out the bullet points in the technical signals section, technical scan section uh, in the mornings. And in there, I would just point out Iron Ore, BHP, Rio, Fortescue and Champion Iron, CIA all had buy short-term, short-term buy signals. Uh, but I've looked through the charts. I'm not convinced at all. Uh, Treasury Wine Estates oversold. Zero massively overbought now after results yesterday. 
NAB and Westpac both oversold. If you are looking to collect banks, then this is as good a collection point as we've seen for a while. Bottom of their trading ranges, the average target price on Westpac from brokers is 13% above the current share price. That's quite a lot for a bank. So at the moment, the banks usually rally in July, so we're a little bit early to go banks yet. And there's nothing in the price momentum at the moment which suggests you're going to miss out by not buying them at the moment. But just to point out, they are in their seasonal low point and... Whilst I wouldn't buy them to have a trade, they're too boring and low growth, this is as good a spot as any to buy them for income. And lastly, in technical scans, Polynovo, very oversold, RSI under 20. Just a note, I don't know whether Macquarie and Bell Potter have done corporate deals for Polynovo. I know some of you love it, but it is a heartbreaker, has halved since February now, having doubled between September and February. All the way back down again, very oversold. Two brokers cover it, Bell Potter and Macquarie. As I say, I'm not sure whether they're brokers to the company or have done share issues for them, but they both have buy recommendations with target prices 78% and 104% above the current share price. That's Polynovo, PNV, in the technical scans section today. Right, that's about that. Market up 39. Gold stocks coming off the top. Newcrest Evolution Mining, there are sell signals on those, both down 1.8%, 1.5% today. Austal Shipbuilder, big contract in the US, up 25% today. AMP fined $24 million for charging fees to dead people, knowingly charging fees to dead people, even worse. ASX looks like it's abandoning blockchain, so much for that, $250 million later. And a big share price collapse later as well. This will be worth buying one day. ASX is one of those perennial companies, has a monopoly. Share prices down from almost $100 to $67 since the beginning of last year. Not quite cheap enough. PE 25 yield 3.64 plus franking. Return on equity 14-15% regularly. It will regain its mojo at some point. Not at the moment though. Qantas reckons it's going to be back to pre-pandemic full capacity by March next year. One million more seats going on its international routes by the end of October. The share price has yet to recover its pre-pandemic high. Pre-pandemic, it was around $7.40. It's currently $6.50. PE, 6.6. No dividend at the moment. Getting back to normal. Some of the founding shareholders of Flight Center have sold down from 20% to 6%, and the share price doesn't mind, up 1% today. Van Eck, says that there's little chance of a Bitcoin ETF. The SEC in the US won't allow it. And green technology metals, lithium stock, GT1 is in a trading halt. Looks like they have they are about to announce an off-take agreement, lithium off-take agreement, although they won't be producing for years. Lithium off-take agreement with a Korean company, LG Chem, who will also take a strategic stake in the company. That hasn't been announced. That's the guess that that's why they're in a trading halt. Right, that's about that. Uh, not much on the calendar. Jerome Powell speech tonight, Christine Lagarde speech tonight, market up 39, okay day today, tech leading, gold losing, you have a fabulous day, I'll be back with the weekend newsletter tomorrow.